This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. It's the return of the Flying V's, and this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. That's Chris Sinzak, and we are here to rock and roll. I think so. Yeah, I think so the, too. The Flying V's was Aaron's original title for this <laughs> this concept. So we could we go for the record of the most misogynistic show of all time. It's just having a little fun. It was funny. That's though. all. We respect the heck out of all of these women that we're going to be talking about today, and all the ones that we talked about way back when we did the very first Queens of Noise episode. And we played a lot of great bands fronted by some amazing female artists and true rock and rollers. And we always said we'd come back and do it again. Well, today is that day. Yeah, it's been a couple of years now. Since Has it been that time. long? Yeah. Wow. It just flies right by. See, but we talked about how we were going to look back in and see what we could do, you know, and, and vi- revisit these things. And I think this is a good one. Yeah. We're going to have some fun today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we get into the subject today, which is Queen's Noise Part tell 2. Me, tell me a little bit about this golfing thing going on. I want to know All about right. this. Okay, here's the deal. And this is, uh, if there are any Toronto decibel geeks or Toronto area decibel geeks up in Canada, um, this would this probably would interest you. The Decibel Geek Podcast is sponsoring a hole at the upcoming Killer Dwarfs Golf Tournament. How cool is that? And um, we had a, a, a whole foursome filled out, and then unfortunately Wally, one of our uh, writers, has had to back out of, of doing the tournament. So Yeah, it's a bummer. The good news for you, if you're a Toronto Decibel Geek fan, um, you have a shot at being part of the team. Yeah. And the team is Kate Campbell... Rich Meister Dillon and I believe Ryan Brian Ronald, who's our staff photographer, they're all going to go out there and play golf. Now you don't have to be good at playing golf. In fact, I've heard that all three of them suck at golf. So it's more of a case of getting to hang out with rock stars and get drunk all day, or and hit or balls around. what if they know somebody who's like a professional golf player? Then you have a ringer. And then we could win. Yes, that's what we need. We need you to find your your professional golfing friends, and whoever's got the best one, they can be a part of the team. That's right. And none carry the, us through. That's our ringer. And none of but the, otherwise, none you of know. the balls would be deflated. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we don't deflate our golf balls around here. That joke will confuse people that hear this years down the road. <laughs> but um, but no, if if you if you're interested it's in this, funny. and I will be posting links and everything to all the information about this. It's it's coming up in the next few weeks um all information will be on the show notes for this episode at decibelgeek.com but if you're interested in this contact me at feedback at decibelgeek.com and i will forward all your details to the meister because he is running the show with this you could be playing golf with the decibel geeks and the killer dwarfs how cool is that and our good friend luke carl is going to be the master of ceremonies nice awesome i just wish i could be in toronto to do it myself yeah me too that'd be fantastic hey we got a lot of great reviews last week about our uh iron maiden discussion you know we got some it's it's kind of funny to me that it's like everybody realized that our main critic and our, our fact checker was he took the week off because he was on the show, mm-hmm. but there were so many people willing to step up and take his place on Absolutely. his week off. <laughs> <laughs> but we had fun. I thought Billy did great. You know, not everybody loves him first couple of Maiden albums. You and I do, but I do, you know, yeah. yeah. Let me make it clear: there, not all three of us didn't like the yeah, first we two liked Iron it. Maiden albums. Let's not get things confused. That was Billy. We liked it, but I'll give Billy credit for standing by what he feels. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it was it was divisive either way. But I'm, I, if you if it wasn't for you, then they can't all be home runs, but hopefully you'll like this week's. Right, yeah, we're going to have some fun today. And if you like us a lot, a lot, a lot, 
well, you can do something for us. You can help us out. You can go to iTunes and leave us a sweet-ass review. We love them five stars, five big fat ones. We love it like that. And we love it like this. This one's entitled, Great Show, Very Entertaining. And it comes from iTunes by Greg Y. And he's from the good old USA. And he's got this to say about it. Excellent show with stellar guests and a fantastic, informative, interesting interviews. I'm a newcomer to the show. Got turned on to you from Ian at Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Everybody loves those guys. And he's glad that he did. He says, I'm a huge Kiss fan and I love your show. Great show, guys. Love it. Nice. Five stars right there. That's how it's done. That's how we like it. Help us out. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review. It, it makes us look good in the eyes of the, the important people up there and at the top floor on iTunes. Yeah, the uh, the Steve Jobs level yeah. people. Yeah, when Steve Jobs is looking at that stuff going, which podcast belongs up here in the top ten this week? And he can say, whoa, what's that? Decibel Geek, I love it. Let's move it to number one. Yeah, but one. I don't know if they're, I don't know, how are they conjuring up Steve Jobs to ask him what he thinks of Decibel Geek? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Ouija board, man. It's a it's a iWeege. An iWeege. It's an iWeege. <laughs> They're calling up. That's how the ratings work. And if you don't give us good reviews, the ghost of Steve Jobs will never see it through the iWeege, and there you go. That's right. So keep Steve Jobs happy over on the other side. (laughs) Leave us a good review. I love it. Okay. So you ready to get into the Queen's Noise Part 2? Well, I got one more thing to handle. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jeez, what am I thinking? We couldn't get to him last week. I was so ready to jump into the rock and roll, but how could we forget our geeks of the week? Yes, and as split as people were on enjoyment of the Iron Maiden episode, it certainly got shared a lot so these are the people that shared it on facebook and retweeted on twitter that's how you become a geek of the week geeks of the week this week are casey lee michaels miguel nunez matt ashcraft warren money cobras and fire podcast robin bennett aaron baker michael bartley david alpazar andrew jacobs made in england nice. wendy k hardaway that's all oh, right wife. on that's cool uh joe royland sit and spin with joe joseph c and belly billy hardaway well, of course he had to share it himself. Well, I'm sure Wendy shared it because of us, right? I would hope so. <laughs> um, Kevin Williams, Rob Harris, Wayne Cross, Stephen Kirsch, Anthony Poole, Trevor McDougal, Kenneth McDonald, Brent Tibbetts, Joey Vancieri, Mark Alden-Taylor, Gino Ames, James Brennan-Dunn, Spicoli, Todd Cunningham, the Terrence and Mark Experience, Colin Francis, J. Motown Drummer, Paul Watson, T.J. Cullen, Rock and Roll GPS, Derek Novak, Ernesto Aguiar, Music Mags and Wax, The Mooger Fugger, Ian Wildley, The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I didn't write your name, though, but I remember you shared it. How could you forget? Paolo Tomas, Podcasts Are the Best, Valaria Carr, Mikhail Burrell, The Rock and Donkey, all over the podcast, and James McElhenney. Those are our people. They're out there. They're sharing it. They're retweeting it. They're helping us get the word out about rock and roll in the year 2015 and in the world of podcasting. You wanted it. Here it is. And today we're doing it up for you right, talking about the queens and noise. And I'm going to kick it off right now. I can't think of a better way to do it than with Canada's very own metal queen. Oh yeah, I'm talking about Lee Aaron. Now Lee Aaron grew up in Brampton, Ontario, and she was recruited as a teenager to sing for a hard rock album with a variety of different players. And in 1982, the Lee Aaron Project is released. In 84, she follows it up with Metal Queen. That's probably most likely if you're here in america with us the only way you maybe probably heard of her yeah that's the only thing i really knew about her man it's a pretty great album it's got some stellar guitar work on it from john albany and george bernhardt and it's it's canadian power metal it's that's the best way i can think of describe this with of course a super hot singer so here's a taste for you you're gonna love it right here decibel geek queens and noise representing it's lee aaron from the metal queen album in 1984 and this one's called lady of the darkest night 
Awesome, huh? Canadian power metal. Am I right or am I right? She's my favorite Canuck metal singer. I love it. Learen has released about 10 studio albums over the years, way more successful in her homeland than anywhere else, but they do love her in Europe too. Um, she's dabbled in opera and jazz, but she still does rock shows. Check her out, learen.com. That's where the dates are at. So she's still doing it. She's still doing it. She's cool. still Canada's metal queen. Cool. And ours too. So I'm going to go to, um, this is one that I had a number of people tell me that we should have included on the new wave of British heavy metal episode. I'm talking about a band called Girl School. Yeah, I like Girl School. And they were formed in 1978 in London, England. All-female band. Longest running all-female rock band. 35 plus years now. Wow. Are they still at it? Still at it. Wow, nice. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit for I'm going to go pretty far back to 1982. This was their third studio album called Screaming Blue Murder. And it was released on Bronze Records, produced by Nigel Gray, who had previously worked with The Police. So hmm. not exactly the most metal, you know, cred no. of the name. But, you know, The Police were huge in 1982. So right? latching on to somebody with that connection was probably a big deal. This is, in my opinion, the best-sounding girl school album. So it's good production. Right, because a lot of their stuff is kind of rough. rough. Yeah. Um, so this is Girl School from 1982 with a song called Turns Your Head Around.
man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's just like Lee Aaron. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, why have we not played this band before on the show? Right. Have you ever listened to the stuff they did with Motorhead? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. They're, yeah, they're kind of like hand in hand with Motorhead. Sure, they're they kind are. Of like the female Motorhead is what people absolutely. Kind of yeah, totally. So yeah, Girl School, you know, great band. We should play more of them on the show. And now for something completely different. All right, Britney <laughs> Spears. <laughs> Not exactly, but, you know, when I think of the roots of the kind of music that we like here at Decibel Geek, you know, like the roots going way back, even before Zeppelin and Deep Purple, I mean, what do you think, like Elvis, Chuck Berry, the Beatles, the Stones, the Doors, the Who, a bunch of animals with the in their name, the animals, <laughs> maybe even a little CCR course, Jimi Hendrix, Yeah. maybe even the Monkees. Nah. <laughs> there are monkeys fans out I know there, there are and there's there's even a monkeys you know podcast. what that we can maybe do a heavier side of the monkeys we'll have to talk to our friend Ken Mills about that we'll have to get an expert on board yeah. for that one as well but you know somebody that doesn't really get mentioned a lot in that group when you think of like the, the deep roots of the first rockers the ones that really started playing the electric guitars and started making it happen you know and somebody that enjoyed some success with that kind of music developing it is Janis Joplin now Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on. You know, don't skip ahead just yet because I got to prove my point here. I think it's probably because of songs like, you know, Mercedes Benz and me and Bobby McGee. Peace of my heart. Peace of my heart. People don't really think of her as a, a hard rocker. Well, but, I'll tell you, you know, what, though, a fucking banshee soulful voice. Yeah. Man, you she know. could belt it out. She, yeah, when she wasn't feeling folksy, she was... Man, she was rocking. Oh, she was crazy, man. Her onstage antics were described as electric. And, you know, if you ever see any footage of her, she, like, brings oh, yeah. it to a frenzy of intensity and just freaking, it's metal. Trust me. Go look at metal some. Metal before metal. Yeah. She didn't even have the music yet, yeah. but she was feeling the metal when she was up on that stage. That would have gave Ronnie James Dio and Ozzy a run at their money for spazzing out up on that stage, <laughs> letting the rock music take over. So, you want some proof? I got the proof. You've probably heard this one covered by Cinderella and a bunch of other hard rock and metal bands, but this is a Janis Joplin original, and it's from her final album, Pearl. And this one's called Move Over.
Jop- Joplin covering Cinderella. Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, Cinderella covered Janice. Right, yeah. I always just kind of assumed that that was, I didn't know that she wrote that. I'll plead I thought ignorance. It, I, I thought it was a Cinderella original. No. I, the, I knew like the, the, hit, the hits that Joplin had, but I never dug into her catalog at all. Yeah, dig a little deeper. You find some of that hard so, rock and stuff. So she was an innovator in her time, for sure. But that's Janis Joplin solo. That's not Big Brother and the Holy no, Company. No, but even Big Brother and the Holy Company some had some, stuff. yeah, they had some good heavy riffage going on in their stuff yeah, too the big, some of the deeper tracks a big part of that san francisco scene with uh, winterland and the fillmore west and bill graham yeah. and that whole group of people janice joplin did a lot of drugs uh, yeah she did she did her share and your share and my share and everyone else's share yeah all right so um and now for something completely different from that <laughs> we're really bouncing around on here there were there were this yeah there's more to come with that yeah so um yeah, this is going to be a, one of the most varied episodes we've done. But hey, you know, we want to hit all parts of the uh, genre scale. Hey, if they're chicks and they rock, they're flying V's to us. Uh, well, and <laughs> all right, and this is um, this is a band that uh, listener Brad Calmanson has kind of harped on about us not playing for years now. Yeah, um, this is a band called Nightwish. And they're a symphonic. Think, I think right now at this moment he's going, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, they're going to play it." Oh, I did ask him. I was like, "You are a fan of theirs, right?" And he's like, "Oh, hell yes!" So I'm like, yeah. "Okay, that's who it was." Okay, suggested. So oh, he, no, he, he did that when you played uh, when you played Lit, right? Oh, that was different. That was a uh, Brent Walt. I love all our, our listeners, listeners so much. I love yeah. them so much. They're so great. They that actually made me buy the DVD of theirs, and I actually did buy it on Amazon. Nice. So, like, yeah, I'm easily led by. Our you guys listeners. entertain us probably more than we entertain you. Probably. I hate to so. say it, but yeah, Brad's like loves this band and has kind of said you guys should play something by them, and I I hadn't really given them a chance because. Symphonic metal, honestly, up until recently, has not been something I got into. Yeah, I remember checking these guys out, and the the metal is metal. You know, it's yeah, really good, the and, the, are... and the singing is beautiful. Yeah, almost maybe too beautiful for my <laughs> dirty ears. Well, to me, I mean, I'm big into melodies, and you know, a lot of you know, and great playing and stuff. And and I was I was watching uh, them play at Vakken, um, yeah, like a year or so ago on YouTube last night. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are good. Um, but yeah, they were they're a symphonic metal band from Kitty, Finland, formed in 1996. They've sold multi-millions of albums worldwide. And they are Viking rock. Pretty much. And um, they're currently fronted by a singer named Floor Jansen. She's, I think she's the third female singer. They have like a male singer and a female singer. Right, yeah. And she's the the newest one. It always and, reminded me of like Beauty and the Beast. Right, but she's the best one that they've had in my opinion. Um, she's able to sing from classical and operatic stuff to powerful like belting and aggressive raspy stuff. So she's real, she can even do like death growls. It's like she's real versatile. Okay, cool. Um, but they, uh, they just put out their eighth studio album in March of 2015. And it's called uh, Endless Forms Most Beautiful. And I want to play the title track from that because this is a pretty kick-ass song. This is Floor Jansen fronting Nightwish with Endless Forms Most Beautiful.
nice. Brand new stuff from Nightwish right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Giving it up to the queens and noise today. That's good. I Symphonic like that. Symphonic Viking metal. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it. There you go. So, yeah, Brad, um, you were right. I was wrong. Should have been into this band from for a long time now. So. I dig it. I like this new stuff. So if you pester me enough, I'll eventually get into into something. That's totally the way it works around here. All right, so I guess that puts me up next. Did you know that the United States has a first lady of American heavy metal? Hmm, who could that be? That would be the one and only Betsy Bitch. Oh, yeah, you know I'm talking about Bitch? You know that band? Yes, because she she was part of the uh, early Sunset Strip scene, right? Totally. They were a Sunset, uh, Sunset Strip band that played their first gig in 1981, opening for a band called Dante Fox at the Troubadour. Remember, Jack Russell told us about Dante Fox. That was yeah. Great White before they were Great White. Totally was. Uh, Bitch was formed by drummer Robbie Settles and guitarist David Carruth. You know, Carruth had previously played in a band with Dana Strum called Bad Axe. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were a band kind of trying to make it in the 70s, I guess. Um, Those two guys, they had a vision of a band featuring one female member who was a real bitch. (laughs) <laughs> I don't that's know if their, that's a compliment that's to their Betsy vision or not. but also they you know what do you do when you do that need that you put out an ad looking for one and that's where they found betsy bitch, bitch you know wanted it's perfect she's like my last name is bitch it'll be great they added kevin redwine on bass and bitch was born and even though they were from la they had a very new wave of british heavy metal sound you know they're what pioneers of the american wave of british heavy metal the american wave of british heavy metal <laughs> Well, here's something. They were they were included on the very first ever Metal Massacre compilation tape. You know, those things are infamous. For, oh, yeah. You know, they broke Metallica and all that. They were on the very first one. And they were also the very first band ever signed to Metal Blade Records. Really? Yeah, pretty neat. Bitch. They were, uh, of course, they were a major target of Tipper Gore and the PMRC Back in the day when that was going on, they really hated bitch. Um, they had outrageous lyrics and an S&M theme to their stage shows, including Betsy whipping and torturing a bondaged-up dude on stage. Wow. So she was like the reverse Lizzie Borden. Yeah. They're like, we, I'm going to whip a dude. Yeah. So, well, how could the PMRC you know, have a problem with that? That's like <laughs> exactly. feminine power, right? There you go. That's what she should have said. You know, hey. This is female empowerment. It's not like I'm up here whipping other half-naked no. women. I'm whipping a dude. Yeah. So there you go. And so here you go. You're going to enjoy this from 1983 off the album Be My Slave. This is Bitch with Heavy Metal Breakdown.
That's pretty cool. See, it, it is. It's American wave of new British heavy metal or something. <laughs> <laughs> Power to the chicks. I like it. Rejoice fans, Betsy Bitch is back with a new version of Bitch. And they played the Rainbow Bar and Grill anniversary celebration last year, fittingly opening for Grey White. Uh, isn't that neat how that she, comes full circle? She, I think she would post on the Metal Sledge gossip board pretty regularly. So I've yeah. I've kind of followed them from afar for years. But right yeah, on. that's a pretty cool tune. Yeah, they've done a few shows playing some of the classic bitch songs from back in the day. And uh, as the last word I heard, they're working on an upcoming release. And if you want the info, the best website I can see is BetsyBitch.com or find her on Facebook or Twitter or on the Metal Sludge gossip board. Find out what's going on. I'd like to hear a new bitch album. That'd be cool. Sure. I'd go see it live. Why not? Why not? I'd go to Amazon through the Decibel Geek website and pick up an album or two. They only got three. See what you did there. Might as well pick up three. Why not? So I'm going to play, um, next I'm going to play a band that, uh, they, well, they, they're, they're kind of a shoe in for this show, especially lately with coverage on our website. Yeah. This is a band called Diamonds, D-I-E, M-O-N-D-S. I would have never known about this band if it weren't for DecibelGeek.com. Yeah, because we, we've given them a decent amount of press over the years and, uh, they were formed in 2006 in Toronto, Canada, uh, featured numerous times on the DecibelGeek.com website by Rich Meister Dillon. And also the new album um, is reviewed by writer Phil Lazzotti, who's one of our newer writers. Awesome. They're fronted by, let me get the name right, I think it's Priya Panda or Priya Panda. Which, boy, is she a hottie. Yeah. Um, this uh, The album, new album is called Never Want to Die. was released in August, so it's brand new. And uh, produced by Juno Award-winning producer Eric Ratz, who's also worked with Big Wreck, Monster Truck, and Danko Jones, all oh, of which nice. we've played on the show before. Yeah, so this is going to be right up our alley. I don't well, know, I'm looking forward to this the now. The production on this album is fucking stellar. So. I'm sold. Let's rock it. This is Diamonds with the new from their new album, Never Want to Die, with a song called Over It.
Want to feed your eyes as well as your ears? Check out Decibel Geek on Instagram. Go to Instagram.com slash Decibel Geek and see for yourself. Proud to be one of David Lee Roth's favorite podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always running to get the next episode. Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm running. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't lie to you. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. Oh, yeah. So be like Diamond Dave and listen to the Decibel Geek podcast. All right, and we're back. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast, bringing you some of the queens of noise this week. You know, we've played some great ones already. You've heard some Girls' School, some Nightwish, Lee Aaron, Janis Joplin, some Bitch, and even Diamonds. And, you know, we always want to encourage you to support these artists by buying their music. You know, that's the best way to do it. You show the world that you support them, you believe in what they're doing, and it's the way to support them, you know, from your hand to them. To make it happen, to keep these bands around, you got to buy the music. That's what it's all about. And if you want to also help us out while you're doing it, the best way to do it is to go to decibelgeek.com and click on our Amazon link. Now, what that does for you is it takes you right to Amazon, just like you normally would if you just went straight there. But by taking a little detour through us, they're going to give us a little kickback on anything you buy there. Now, you don't pay anything extra for doing that. No, they do it because... They love rock and roll, and they love the Decibel Geek podcast, and they like helping us out. We like helping out the rock bands. You like helping out the rock bands. You like helping us. It's a beautiful thing, and that's the way to do it. Go to DecibelGeek.com. Buy the artists we're talking about here today on the show. Buy every artist we've ever talked about on the Decibel Geek podcast because we wouldn't talk about it if it wasn't worthwhile, and we want you to support them. It's great. And uh, so for some of the Amazon stuff that was bought in the last week, I don't get your names, but I get what you bought. Uh, some of the interesting uh, purchases: the Philips Norelco HQ8 dual precision replacement heads. So, um, is that for a shaver or yeah, a shave, toothbrush? Or no, shave your pubes, guys. It's very important. <laughs> it's very metal. Um, a book. Paul Stanley does it. The, um, no comment. And the books: uh, Rock and Roll War Stories, which is a book by Gordon G. G. Gebert, is uh, Ace Frehley's best friend. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, we have a photographer that's a listener to the show. Uh, they bought a Clover Retro PU leather mini fashion women's shoulder bag. That's cool. Um, Fujifilm Instamax mini sevens eight close up lens. A Fujifilm Instam Instax mini instant film value set. None of that makes any sense. But do you thank think, you for buying. Do you it. think somebody out there is going? Oh my god! Oh my god! Over there reading about my camera stuff. I hope so. <laughs> And we're thinking, oh, my God, somebody bought something through our link. We love it. And uh, in cell phones and accessories, somebody bought a USB car charger adapter. Thank you for that. Every little bit counts. Um, Every little bit helps. DVD, a Tascam, DB24, DVD video tutorial. So uh, okay, don't know what that is, but that's cool. But we're glad we got um, it. We and then it. here, uh, Office Products, an Absent 69 dual-pack print cartridge is 69. Um, that's cool. And then also for music, our favorite part this of the This is our part the, we really like. Uh, Deep Purple Live in Paris, 1975. Nice. Um, 
diamonds over it. You heard See? some diamonds earlier. That's cool. That shows that our hardworking artists that are over there crafting these beautiful articles for us at decibelgeek.com, oh yeah, they move some music, and yes, they are people you can trust. So when they write a review of diamonds, it drives you to want to go buy the album. Yes. That's what it's about. Uh, also, uh, Cobra and the Lotus, Words of the Prophets, that's a Simmons Records band oh, yeah. from Canada, I believe, also. Uh, speaking of Kiss, uh, Crazy Nights on LP was bought. That's cool. Uh, Tooth and Nail from Doc in the 2008 reissue. That's cool, too. Led Zeppelin in through the outdoor, the two-CD deluxe edition. Can't argue with that. Uh, Testament, Practice What You Preach. Yeah, I like that one. And uh, showing that some that our shows definitely have an effect on music purchases from Iron Maiden, purchases for No Prayer for the Dying, Power Slave, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, uh, a co- three LP copy of the Book of Souls and a two CD deluxe edition of the Book of Souls. Holy shit! That's coming off our big discussion about Iron Maiden last week with Billy Hardaway. Everybody's feeling it. They're out there. They're going to decibelgeek.com. They're hitting the Amazon banner and they're getting their Iron Maiden on. Yeah, I so, love it. So yeah, if you're shopping through Amazon, just go to our Amazon link and buy some stuff. All right, so when we were doing this, you know, and I got the Janis Joplin in there, and I got the bitch, and I got the Lee Aaron, and I've got some good names that people really know, and I thought, you know, I really want to find something that, you know, because we discover stuff, too, while we're doing this, and I like to use it as an excuse to sometimes discover stuff. I wanted something I never really heard before, something different, you know? And man, did I find it. This is a band called One-Eyed Doll. And they're local h in it. Yeah, only two members in the band. You got Kimberly on electric lead bass guitar, something. Electric some kind bass. of crazy, yeah, some kind of crazy awesome guitar. And Junior on drums. Now, Junior, if you guys have never heard of this band or never seen them, Junior's like if Keith Moon came back from the dead, walking dead style, and his drive to kill a drum kit overrides his need to kill people well that's a good thing. that's this dude yeah it's, he's freaking awesome and kimberly i mean man if if young gene simmons was a girl he'd look like sophie yeah, well, yeah or kind of like this chick because she's got some good stage mannerisms attracted to sophie fuck you i'm sorry <laughs> i just ruined it for you didn't i <laughs> Hi, my name is Sophie. Right. <laughs> but I this, saw you coming out of work that day. Uh, so let me tell you, let's, oh man, let's go back to One-Eyed Doll. Okay. Um, like I said, they're, it, it's pretty awesome, man. It blew me away. I don't know how she gets this sound out of that one guitar. That's that's what trips me out. How does she get so much out of this one guitar? Here's a band, One-Eyed Doll. They were formed in Austin, Texas way back in 2006, and they've released six full-length studio albums, so... Maybe I'm the only one that missed the bus on this one. I don't know. So just in case you're new to their music, here's a little something I think you're going to like. From 2012, this is One-Eyed Doll with Committed.
Texas own one-eyed doll. Well, that's pretty cool, huh? You gotta. Yeah. Oh man, when I was scrolling through looking for stuff and this came up, I was just like, "Holy shit, this is awesome! I gotta play some of this." OED, as they're known, OED. as it's, they're from their cool it's fans. Funny, they're a female band because when I think of one-eyed doll, I certainly don't think of chicks. I think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a one-eyed doll. Um, I didn't think of that till just now, but tip your okay. Waitress. Uh, new album out came out. Just this year, not all that long ago, called Witches. That's definitely worth buying through the link at decibelgeek.com. If you like this band, go check out their hard rock live performance on YouTube. That's what grabbed me and made me hunt down the song was the live performance because, man... Talk about theatrics and getting into it, and you you just can't believe it's only two people that are producing this power. This is a band I want to see live, One-Eyed Doll. Cool. Um, Okay, so I'm going to... This is one where... I started doing research on just female rock bands and like, I, you know, there's different ways we research for this stuff. It's very haphazard. Um, but then I, found, I saw a name Phantom Blue and I remember this band name from the 80s, but I didn't know they were a female band. I remember pictures of them looking really hot in like the Metal Edge. So they, I, they got full page ads in Metal Edge or full page poster pictures. Yeah. And I like sexy. I started looking up their stuff and really liked it. They're an all female metal band formed in L.A. in 1987. They're the first and only female artist to be signed by Mike Varney's Shrapnel Records only three months after they formed. Right on. See, that's cool. That's kind of like a uh, bitch. And you know the guitar playing is good because anything Mike Varney touched had to have a good guitar player involved. Yeah. Um, they recorded their first album with the help of producer Steve Fontano and fellow Shrapnel label mate Marty Friedman. Oh, nice. Well, then you know. You yeah. know, that answers that question for when, sure. Uh, Marty was doing the Cacophony albums. Hmm. Um, they had Gigi Hangach on lead vocals, Michelle Meldrum on guitar, Nicole Couch on guitar, Deborah Armstrong on bass, and Linda McDonald on drums. Uh, I'll come back with a little bit of an update. Um, this is Phantom Blue from 1987 with a song called Why Call It Love.
Chick Rock from 1987. That's cool. I like that. That sounds like it's 87. That's got that vibe to it. You know, the, the crazy thing is, is at the time, uh, they looked probably more manly than most of the guy bands did back in those days. I don't know, man. They were, they were they hot. Were, they were pretty hot. But, well, Poison was pretty hot, too. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But uh, no, there. I mean, most of most of the band is not in the music industry anymore. I looked them up, and um, yeah. there's a couple of them that still that do still perform, like as session players. But Michelle Meldrum, the guitar player, she fell into a coma on May 18th, 2008, and then died on May 21st due to complications of a cystic growth on her brain Ooh. that had restricted oxygen and blood flow, rendering her brain dead. Damn. She was 39 years old, and she had just completed writing and recording a new album at the time, which the surviving band members released in 2009 in tribute to her. The band, along with the surviving members of Phantom Blue, participated in a benefit concert at Whiskey A Go-Go on May 26, 2009, in memory of her. Wow. That's a bummer, man. Yeah, I just way too young to go. And as you heard you know, from the riffing on that song, you know, a good guitar player. Hmm. I'll check out some more of that Phantom Blue. I don't know. It was just like, at the time, it was like, oh, it's another Vixen. Right. But if you listen to it like that, that's not Vixen. Even a little bit more raw than Vixen. Yeah, less, less I agree. polished. So, uh, Very cool. Very cool. I like that. I want to check out more Phantom Blue. All right. I guess that brings me to my last pick of the Queens of Noise. And, well, I wouldn't want to do it without this original. I know last time we played The Runaways, so we left her out. But this time, I just can't do it. I got to include some Lita Ford because I love some Lita Ford. So in 1979, she decides that the direction that Joan Jett's trying to take The Runaways wasn't heavy enough. For Lita Ford, uh-uh. So she split, and that effectively ends the band. By the time her debut album, Out for Blood, is released, it's pretty clear that Lita's embracing that new wave of British heavy metal sound as well. Yep. And the look. Yep. You know, she's all metaled up. You know, the, the picture with the chain chain spider web in the background, and she's standing on the thing, and the guitar's, like, mm-hmm. pulling it apart, and it's bleeding to death? Metal. I had lots of... Uh centerfold pictures from metal edge of lita ford lita ford was sexy they weren't stupid them metal edge magazines and stuff putting in the big pictures of uh phantom blue and vixen and lita ford especially lita ford i remember my mom saying why do you have a picture of vixen on your ceiling like well why why not (laughs) (laughs) should have saved that for the chris and aaron show oh man yeah no let's (laughs) let's not divulge more into that on the chris and aaron show um, you know, at the time that album comes out, it's out for blood, it's released, it's, you know, it's it doesn't sell very well, it's kind of a commercial flop, you know, and then she goes on to release Dancing on the Edge in 1984, a little more successful, but it's not until she gets Sharon Osbourne as a manager, yep. Pat Benatar's rhythm section, an Ozzy Osbourne cameo, yep. and a keyboard player, then, then things really start to take off for her. So, you know, with playing some Lita Ford, I really wanted to represent some good, hard rock stuff because she's got some amazing songs in her catalog. I wanted to dig a little deeper and pull something out that I really think you ought to hear because this is one awesome song, and it's got amazing guitar playing and a groove that Lita just makes drip with sexiness. I mean, this song has got a groove that's going to... It's going to do something in your pants. You better be careful. So here we go. Lita Ford from 1983 off her solo debut album, Out for Blood. I warn you, be careful. This one's called Just a Feeling. It's been five days. My mind's in a haze. I don't know if I'm coming or going. I'm so confused. Choose. So rock with me, babe. Let's get it rolling. 
You all right over there? That was good, but I'm all sticky now. I know. Sexy. Mm. If, if songs could be sexy, you know, that'd be like, wow, that song is so hot. I got to p- start putting the Lita Ford pictures back up on the ceiling. No kidding. <laughs> I don't think my wife would like that. <laughs> Uh, why, why are you making me call you Nikki Six? Uh, yeah. Or Tony Iommi. Uh, Chris not... Holmes. Don't call me Chris Holmes. Yeah, for God's sake, don't call Whatever me Chris Holmes. Whatever you do, you just ruined it. Yeah. I'm odd. I need to go. Maybe that's a good way of, you know, holding off, blowing your load. Just say, think of Chris Holmes. Think, think of Chris, Chris Holmes. Holmes. Think, think of Chris Holmes. <laughs> 2015 Chris Holmes. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting episode to say the least. Um, so, the ladies wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, no kidding. So we've we've covered a, a lot of ground, and I've got one more here. And um, this is uh, you would not call this a hard rock band or a metal band at all. No, and I was actually pretty surprised to see it on your list, but really happy you're not playing "Walk Like an Egyptian." No, um, if I was going to play the hardest thing that they ever did, I'd probably play. It's talking about the Bangles. I probably would have played their cover of "Hazy Shade of Winter." I love that. That's a that. pretty good cover off the Less Than Zero soundtrack. Yes. I love that song. But I'm not going to play that. I always hoped there was more bangles because that song really, when they rocked it out on that song, I really wanted more of that. And this is not that. This Ah. is not a heavy song at all. Okay. But there's a good story behind it. Okay. All right. There's a reason I'm playing this song, and I've always wanted to play this song on the show for this one reason. So indulge me. It's the playout song. So if you don't like it, turn it off when it starts playing. Um, the Bangles were formed in Los Angeles in 1980. They were originally called The Bangs. Their biggest hits, of course, include Walk Like an Egyptian, Manic Monday, and Eternal Flame. Yeah. The uh, Manic Monday written by Prince. Uh, the third stu- This is their, from their third studio album, an album called Everything, released October 18th, 1988 on Columbia Records. Produced by David Seegerson, who is a has a Kiss connection. He co-wrote "Girl, Good Girl Gone Bad" with Gene Simmons for Crazy Nights. All right, but that's not the only Kiss connection here. Okay, all right, you're getting me now. I'm getting interested. This is the last song of the day, and it's the playout song of the day. This is the Bangles with a song written by Vicky Peterson of the Bangles and co-written by co-written by a guy named Vinnie Vincent. Really? This is the Bangles with "Make a Play for Her Now," and we'll see you next week. Wow. Have you already treasure